These days, reality is a bummer. Everyone's looking for a way to escape. And that's why Halliday, that's why he was such a hero to us. He showed us that we could go somewhere without going anywhere at all. You don't need a destination when you're running on an omnidirectional treadmill with quadraphonic pressure-sensitive underlay. James Halliday saw the future, and then he built it. He gave us a place to go, a place called the Oasis. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. You see, G's eyes, they love to look back at you. It's like kids with his rotary phones. The fact that you can text the creator of Chucky. Yeah, I actually have that uh, little tinkle. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. And I, I have nothing to do because I had no idea what to do with this, <laughs> with this movie. Uh, I was so blown away by all the visuals. I was like, uh, I, I can't stick to one thing. I've just got to, I've just got to just go with it. That's, so that's fine. It's just me tonight. Greater good. All right, I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. that's fine. Okay. Because if we, if yeah. you have, to, if you like, if you have to step up the game every week, eventually, it's just going to be a letdown. So let's just, we're just going to yeah. reset and go. Go strong next well, week. It's a I'm going to fall cleanse. flat this time around so yeah. that I can just, I can soar Some, later on. Sometimes yeah. you just have to have the, the sorbet and cleanse the palate yeah. before you dive back into something a little more tasty. Yeah, yeah. that's that's right. Yeah. Just. <laughs> and Sam is quite tasty. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. I'm laughing not just because of what you're saying, but because the internet tonight <laughs> has just been garbage. Andrew is going to sound a little drunk, so I don't know what to do about that, but it's we're just going to lean into that's it. That's different how? Well, this time I don't think you actually are drunk. Uh, this is episode no. 348, and tonight we're talking about Ready Player One. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew the best CGI's we've ever seen, Jimison. Well, I've gotten that compliment before that people really like my eyes, but you see G's eyes, they love to look back at you. And you see G's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you saying they're the best eyes you've ever seen. Yeah. But, uh, that means yeah. a lot. This is coming from you, especially it means a lot. Oh, well, yeah, you know, yeah. we've known each other a long time. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. Sam, I really loved seeing the Iron Giant, Vector. Yeah, I knew you would. And, and I was so desperately trying to find a good Iron Giant sitting in a chair so that I could put it in our cheap seat chair, but I just, I just ran out of there's, search. Well, there's a, couple of, a good one. there's a couple of moments of him sitting down in the movie, the Iron Giant movie, but... Yeah, he wouldn't quite like, really... like he would. Yeah, his legs are outstretched in front of him. They're not like hanging down. Yeah. So it would be like a tiny iron giant sitting in the chair. And I don't think that's that's quite right. It would be kind of but funny Sean, to see. Oh, yeah. How, how yeah, I, I've got this. I've got this holy hand grenade. Will you hold this here and count oh, to three for me? Sure. Sure. I'm glad it wasn't Chucky. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and making there. That's right, too. There. Cheap Seat Reviews debut is Leslie, Zero-G Dancing, 
And Chris, <laughs> the best music in the movie was from a different movie, Lot. <laughs> you know what just popped in my head? Tiny Dancer. Yeah. By Elton yep. John when you said that. Wait, I'm sorry. You mean Tony Danza. That song's about Tony Danza. That's right. <laughs> I need to hold Tony Danza closer. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the songs that's on my list of misheard lyrics. I have like a whole list of, of songs that I don't understand that like wrapped yeah. up like a douche. I 100% am, am at pretty confident. Oh, I can still sing it that way, yeah. you know. After all these years, and I still sing it that it's way. It's Tiny Hammer, not Tony Danza. Come oh, on, yes. You know. I have to show y'all one day Chris's rendition <laughs> of Tiny Hammer. He found my Tiny Hammer one day while he was cleaning, and he held it up like this, and he starts singing, Hold me closer, Tiny Hammer. And I have him on tape. I'm not going to find it. It's gonna Great. Now it's going to be going all over the internet thanks to this right here. Nice. <laughs> I just love the fact that she has it on tape. How long ago was this? Yeah, that's old no, no, no. school vernacular. He has it on our mobile phone. Yeah, mobile it's phone. Her, the mobile. Yeah. the old RCA out. And, uh, <laughs> like this is great. It, it, it is funny seeing, like, hearing you say, "Put it on tape." It's one of those vernaculars. Like when you talk about, like, like athletes will say, "We're going to go and watch film." Like you just say film because that's what your coaches use, but you don't know what film is. Like if if I showed. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, if I went and showed Trevor Lawrence a film camera, he wouldn't know what to do with it. He and, probably wouldn't know how to yeah. load the project part in oh. order to watch the film. <laughs> no, and I've actually managed a a theater that had a film projector, and I barely know how to do the thing. So, yeah. like kids with his rotary phones, you know, they yeah. know yeah. what to do. Yeah, or, like, how do I use this? or that famous. Has, it, has, it, has it anybody seen like the? video of the kids trying to call 911 on the rotary phone yeah oh my gosh <laughs> they keep trying to press it right just what yeah yeah there's definitely precedents and i'm like I'm, I'm screaming into the phone going no you rotate it <laughs> <laughs> nobody can understand <laughs> oh my goodness anyway so this is yes. 2018's ready player one uh so uh chris and Leslie, join us from the Measuring the Score podcast, where yeah. uh, I saw you on Twitter a few weeks, or I guess it's more than a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and I was like, hey, <laughs> I like film scores. Let's check them out. I listened to your first few episodes. It's really good. So definitely go check them out at Measuring the Score, or I guess Absolutely. Yeah, at Measuring the Score. Many people don't know this, yep. but I, I first went to college to do music composition. Um, I was dual major psychology and music comp, but uh, realized I didn't want to sit at the piano all day. So I, uh, I, I shied away from the, the music side of things. It's a very interesting combination. Yep. Yeah. Well, most musicians are crazy. So that's. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Yeah, we are. Definitely. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just nerdy. <laughs> nerdy. Well, not yeah. Crazy. And you got, I mean, literally, this is the most musically inclined, I think, episode we've probably had in a while, Um, because Andrew is a band director. Uh, Sam and I both played baritone or euphonium, whichever you will. Oh, yeah. Euphonium. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So I married a band director. Oh, wow. I play the flute, the oboe, and the saxophone. Oh. I play the keyboard mouse. On a good day. He plays the clicker. I play the computer mouse. The, yeah, the MIDI <laughs> controller. Yeah. Yep. 
play the computer mouse and the mini controller, so we're good. <laughs> it's okay. My uh, uh, my aunt can play the radio, so there you go. Oh, <laughs> special talent there. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and, and also my dad was a band director, and my mom was also a music major as well. Uh, so it's it's in the family. My wife also played uh, flute in the marching band. That's where we met. Uh, okay. So it's all coming back to something. I don't know. But what it is all not back, back to me now. is Ready Player One. 2018's Ready Player One, the movie that is based on the book by Ernest Klein, uh, the movie directed by Steven Spielberg. 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 Uh, written by Zach Penn, which is kind of cool because his last name is Penn. I mean, that's just kind of neat. Two uh, ends or one? Do what? Two ends or one? Two, two ends. P N N. Like Sean Penn. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if there's any relation there. Yeah, Chris, you need to change your last name to like Note or <laughs> uh, Chris Note. Chris Note. That actually kind of a neat name. I like that. You should change it. I'm just saying it would maybe. I mean, this guy got to write. I mean, it is kind of weird that you're writing a movie that's based on a book. I mean, you're just are you just like taking? I don't know. Uh, well, he's writing a movie based on a book that's based on a, a decade, uh, and plus more, probably you know, and and not just yeah. a decade, but like video games and the ideas and and, and stories of of video game culture using you know video game language. Um. Yeah. So it's copyright infringement on top of copyright infringement and top of copyright. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, reading about every single little thing that they had get approved was <laughs> I, I could not imagine. I would be I'd be crazy by the well, end of this. I, I, I don't know, I haven't didn't read any of the trivia, but I can guarantee that, that Spielberg was probably the only director that could take something like this and make all those references happen. Because mm. he's got the, the yeah. name recognition out there to basically say, Hey, I'm Spielberg. Can I use your yours <laughs> thing in my movie? Now. And they're happy. I'm right? bird, make it happen. <laughs> yeah. well, he does have a, a wheelbarrow that follows him, you know, in front of him everywhere he goes. That is true. <laughs> For his balls, in case you didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And with a slowed down tone, it just makes it even funnier. Oh, it's, oh yeah. Lord. <laughs> Sounds downright dirty. Yeah, when it, when it takes a full second and a half for you just to say the word balls, it's pretty great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, this um, you're you're. I don't know if you actually read all the trivia. I couldn't. I didn't have enough time. This movie has as much trivia as a Star Wars movie. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I got bored halfway through the trivia. I mean, I it's just so like, okay, much. It's it is a lot. I I do think uh, I would actually challenge your uh, whoever made the assessment that only Spielberg could do this kind yes. of thing with with the whatever. I think there are other directors that could have pulled this thing off with with. with oh, I'm hearing myself. That's fun. Uh, with the uh, like the brand recognition and all that stuff. Like I think a John Favreau could do it. I think uh, an Edgar Wright. Abrams. Yeah, I was about to say oh, hey, Abrams. Could yeah, Abrams do it. could probably do it. Yeah, um, or you know uh, Edgar Wright who did uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim. You know, I, I... yeah, because I mean Scott Pilgrim had a lot of that in there. I mean, it had the music from Zelda, had you know the Street Fighter sounds in there. So yeah, Wright could probably pull it off. Yeah, 
but, but you have to i mean in this one you had warner brothers you had uh i mean you had multiple movie studios that yeah. would have to to agree to release the images on this movie i just i think spielberg because he's he's i mean he put his name on something and it's a billion dollar idea you know right. kind of thing right so i just don't think farvro is 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 that there quite yet or even um abrams or um or uh, abrams. I don't know what's happening or, let's just uh, uh, a cameron you know i i don't think cameron's the one you get I, right i think <laughs> i think that i just think spielberg is the top of the heap and everybody's underneath him in terms of prestige i don't know if i would well, have wanted you know, james cameron spielberg. on this one yeah go ahead <laughs> no Spielberg said that uh, this was the third most uh, difficult movie that he has made in his career. And that's followed by Jaws and Saving Private Ryan. That's right. And I can see that with all of those references you just talked about. Well, that's why he was tired because he had to go through all those references by hand, probably. (laughs) And and I don't think he's disused to so much CGI. I know he did Tintin and, and some of that stuff, but in terms of realistic CGI, you know, it's, this is different. This is a whole different well, ball game. And this is, this, this is the most he's, he's done. It is listed at like 1500, um, CGI shots or frames or something. I can't remember how it's worded, mm-hmm. but it's the most that he's done. I mean, I know 1010 is completely animated, but that's also, there's a little bit of motion capture there, but yeah, right. That's all that, the, that whole world that, whereas in this, it's, you've got a kind of a mixture of both and it needs to look more realistic and, um, to yeah. a point. So, yeah, no, again, I don't get me wrong. I don't think Spielberg did a bad job on this movie and we're definitely going to jump into it. I just don't think he's the only guy that could have done it. Um, and as far as getting all of the other, uh, properties involved, I don't know how much that's him or if that's the studio or, you know, it, it almost kind of feels like the studio was like, Hey, let us know what we can have. You know what I'm saying? Like, because right. I'm trying to think, I, honestly. So Warner Brothers produced this, but you know, like, um, you know, like this, just seeing Serenity flying there. I mean, Serenity is is universal, right? So you, you yeah. like, right. hey, can we get the Serenity ship? It's in the it's in the book. I'm like, yeah, we're not doing anything with it. Sure, go ahead. You know, um, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, you've got, uh, you know, and, yeah. you've got Microsoft properties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had Minecraft. Yeah. We had- well, yeah, and well, uh, the yeah. fact that the fact that this is a Warner Brothers the, movie. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Sam. I was gonna say I saw the little alien from the the, the uh, Looney Tunes running around at some point. Yeah, Marvin the Martian. Yeah. But um, that's Warner Brothers. Yeah. yeah, that's part of the Warner Brothers. Project. I'm surprised we didn't get more DC comic stuff. Like we get the one line about Batman, and we, we see, see Batman at least twice. We see Batman twice. We see the, the Batmobile, and we see Harley Quinn, and that's it. I thought. Oh, there's Catwoman in there, and there's Bat Batgirl. Is yeah. there? I don't remember they're seeing them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, see, there, there's so much that you have to look for. I mean, it's like every time you watch the movie, there's something new you see. Yeah, you Chris know? and I were talking about that because you know we've seen the movie several times, and when we watched it this time for to prepare for this podcast, we're like, I didn't pay attention to that before. There's something <laughs> different mm-hmm. every time we watch it. There's something different. Yeah. Like uh, some of you uh, ever watched it in the theater, you saw Sonic, you know, toward the end running through there. So that's a Sega pro- property right there. Yeah. Battletoads. 
Yeah, Battletoads yeah, I remember a... seeing. And it was interesting because there's, there's properties in there that are so kind of old school and, and frankly obscure. That was it was kind of fun to see. It's like, oh, Battletoads, how many people played that game? I don't know, but enough that they put it in there for people like me to go, hey, that's Battletoads. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, you know, in that instance, it was geared towards an older audience because, you know, we would get those references, unlike some of the youth of today. They're like, you know, I don't understand what's going on. You know, I don't understand right. these. Yeah. But we picked up on those references. We lived that, you know, we played those games or we watched those movies. Like and having mad balls in there is the, the thing toward the end, you know, when it blows grenade. up. Yeah, yeah. As, as a grenade. Yeah. That was, yeah. My brother had one of those. <laughs> I think I probably did too, honestly. But I mean, yeah, yep, this movie was not meant for my son. This movie was meant for us. This was literally well, you know, this I almost, book. I, I almost had my daughters watch it with me, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I, I, I hadn't seen it in a while, and um, it's, it's a little more violent and a little bit more uh, cussy than yeah. They uh, say shit a it. lot in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, a lot. I mean, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case we're, yeah. uh, I don't know, 20 minutes oh, yeah. into this and you don't know what this movie is, Andrew has been waiting patiently to read the things that he needs to read. When the creator of a virtual reality called Oasis dies, he makes a posthumous challenge, posthumous challenge, excuse me, to all Oasis users to find his Easter egg, which, uh, which will give the finder his fortune and control of his world. Sorry, it's not every day I see the word posthumous. <laughs> That's a weird, I don't know, the way you read it, and I'm not blaming you, it's just a weird sentence. The, when the creator of a virtual reality called the Oasis dies. Like, it makes it sound like it's called Oasis Dies. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's a, it's a well, weird... That would, be, that would be a very different kind of movie. some there. <laughs> yeah. That would be a very like a different kind of movie right there. Oasis well, dies. It does feel like... There's a, yeah, yeah, it's a horror, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. It feels like when the... Called the Oasis dies, he makes a, whatever Andrew said, challenge for the, all the Oasis <laughs> users. Posthumous. 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 It is a weird word. Posthumous. You miss. Anyway, um, <laughs> Sam, you go first on the five-word review, so why don't you go ahead and, uh, and lay it on us? Sure. I've got two. Um, the, the first one here is kind of a description of what I saw, and it's basically um, shotgun approach to chaotic nostalgia. All right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. My, yeah. My, my kind of review of this movie – let me just say this. The first time I saw it in the theater, I loved this thing. I, I didn't love it as much as, as some, only because I, I, I'm just enthralled by the book, and I think the book does a better job. Um, but this time around, I was a little bit disappointed, and uh, basically my review is ADHD action with no heart. <laughs> okay. I think there was so much time spent on jamming as many visuals and as many uh, references that they didn't build these characters well. I think, uh, you know, and I hate to compare it to the book, but the book does a, does a much better job at establishing Wade as, as a person and, and what he has to do to get these things. And I think the movie takes shortcuts um, by, by using so much spectacle 
that you never really care about these characters. And um, do, you, do you think it works so well in the book because there's no visual? I think so. And it's in your head. And you got to remember, a lot of the stuff in the book is not so flash bang. You know, there's no race. It's a, you know, it's more of a D&D adventure and, and there's clues hidden mm. in, in certain music and things like that. It wouldn't have made a good movie if they used some of the, the, the ways he found the keys in the book. Um, but, I mean, honestly, all of us have played video games. And I don't know if Spielberg has. I, I, I think he kind of missed that a little bit in terms of what we look for in video games. Because, you know, think about the first clue in the first race uh, and how he found the key in the first race. It couldn't have gone that long without somebody thinking to go in reverse or to go backwards. Um, you know, within a week, somebody would have done that in the real world to figure out how to get, you know, get past the, the King Kong or whatever. So it, again, it's just, I think, I think everybody was so excited on this movie to, to show what they could show that they forgot to tell a good story. Yeah. That's me. So, so, um, I guess I should ask that we've all, had we all seen this before? I know, uh, Kristen, let's, you, you literally just said that you had Andrew, had you seen this before this viewing? This viewing makes my eighth time watching it. So, wow. so you've seen it before, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I a saw it. Okay, just a couple, not 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 that many, though, right? I mean, just a couple no, times. <laughs> not that many. Okay. No, I I will say it does have a rewatchability. You know, I enjoyed really watching it again, only to try to catch some more references and things like that. I just I would have liked to have seen a better a better told story on here, especially coming from. Mr. Spielberg and Andrew, you you hadn't read the book, Chris. Chris and Leslie, had you either one of you read the book? I I did not read the book, but I did listen to the audio book. So I mean, oh, I guess that counts. It does count. Yeah, <laughs> listen to Will Wheaton. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was very funny because there's a line in the book where he's uh, talking about that the internet is st- still being run by Will Wheaton, and he's like, "Oh, those old geezers." And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's kind of funny right there." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job, Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's the he's the vice president of the Oasis. Like they have their own yeah. kind of form of government within the Oasis, and he's the vice president or something, which is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and and can I can I add one more thing to my sure. review? Yeah. And I think <laughs> as as cool as it was to see The Shining, and reference to The Shining, I thought it didn't fit. And and if there was anything that that I couldn't couldn't show the girls, I, I think The Shining fell short of of what. Um, kind of the the book and the idea was of '80s references and and pop culture. It's interesting. Yeah, in the, in the book, it was completely different. Like the first one, the first uh, key was like a I can't remember the game, and then the second task was he, he to, had to go into a, a different game. I can't remember which yeah, one. The first it was. one was a text game. Right? No, the what first one was the, no. The first one was first of all. Here's the annoying thing about the movie. Sorry, I'm jumping all over it, but it'll, we'll get there. Is that the, the premise of the game was that anyone could do it, right? That was yeah. what Halliday wanted, was that anyone can do it. And the race goes against the idea simply for the fact that the guy, you know, that uh, our hero has to, like, hang back and just collect coins because he can't afford gas in his fake car, right? So 
So in the book, it's literally on the planet for school, right? They use the Oasis to go to school. That's important to Correct. remember later on. So it's it's there. So that means that literally anyone, because because there's a charge to go from planet to planet. There's a cost. and But to go to school planet is free. So anyone could participate. And then eventually he finds the cave by doing some studying some stuff. And he has to play Joust, which was one of Halliday's favorite games. And he's able to beat the computer or the whatever, the wizard, by playing the other character. He switches, switches sides and gets the advantage. And then he, he sneaks a, a, a hint to Artemis about that. So I, you're right, Sam. That doesn't make for a great movie. But yeah. I feel like there's another way that we could, could Spielberg could have portrayed um, the opening thing because it needs to be flashy. I understand it needs to be exciting, but literally the movie tells you up front, I can't afford this. It goes completely against the thing. So that my yeah. biggest issue was the race, even though it's pretty and cool. Um, and the T-Rex from Jurassic Park is in it. So there's absolutely uh, also a very cool Crazy. moment. Um, <laughs> but Honestly, the, the Shining part was one of my the parts that I liked because the sh- this part of The Shining is better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this Shining was way scarier than the actual Shining. So, yeah, I I, yeah, actually, I don't really remember a giant axe and naked old lady with a giant axe. My God, that would have been you know. terrifying. Yeah. yeah, there was a naked old lady. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah the she naked was in there, but not with a giant axe. Not that was sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. All right, uh, Andrew, what you got? Well, I've had I have uh, two. My first one is badass version of Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. And uh, the second one is outstanding, nostalgic, and fun adventure. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but I kind of like this movie. I've seen it eight <laughs> times, as I've said. Um, it's not often that a movie works its way into my top ten list, but this one is there. Oh, cool. Uh, and I know we haven't really talked about our top ten list in a very long time uh, and how those might have changed since we've seen all these new films, but... This one certainly has made its way up there. I don't know where I would put it exactly, but I love this movie. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I haven't seen or read the book, um, but everything about this I like. I love the fact that they cram all this junk in there. And it is every time I watch it still, I find new things to uh, to get excited about. Uh, this time uh, it was the uh, uh, the toads, right? Um, I battle I think the toes. first time in this battle scene, yeah, the battle toes. I think the first yeah. time I watched that scene, I'm I was looking at some Ninja Turtles, or I was looking at something else that was in there, and I was distracted and didn't see them. And uh, so I don't know why it's taking me this long, but just you have to be a creative person to come up with all these different things and and how to use them. Um, you know, I thought the use of Chucky was hilarious and really well done uh, as a weapon um, and and funny, you know? Yeah. And The Shining, to me, this that Shining section, like you said, it is better than the actual movie. And uh, I love the fact that we can take this icon of a movie 
and we can take a piece of it and put it in something else and make it even better. So um, this movie hits all the right buttons for me. And um, I, I think the story's fine. I, I cared about the characters, not to disagree with you, uh, Sam, but no, that's fine. Uh, I, I thought that uh, the relationship part of it was fine. I didn't think it was too much as far as a love story goes, and I didn't think it was uh, overwhelming. But uh, I, you know, I dig it. I dig every bit of it. Hey, nothing wrong with that. That's cool. Hey, I, honestly, I'm kind of glad to hear that this has creeped into your top ten. It it kind of feels like a movie. Knowing what your number one favorite is, this kind of feels like something oh, yeah. that would live in your top ten. So that that totally makes sense. Uh, I love the Chucky part. I think the Chucky part's hysterical. The only <laughs> part that annoys me is it the it, we we are we are shown in the real world, and H says, "Hey." take this and she throws it like she's standing next to him because, <laughs> because we forget, I guess the director doesn't want us to remember that she's the iron giant. <laughs> and <laughs> like she wouldn't throw a Chucky doll at him like that, but maybe he <laughs> it would be more a toss. <laughs> yeah. And cause, cause literally the camera shows the iron giant is using its eye laser, which it doesn't have, but that's not the point. And, laser yeah, and he's blowing up a, an IOI tank, and then the DeLorean is every bit of like you know four or five hundred right, feet right. away, um, and then they're running out of weapons. The, the DeLorean, fired. yeah, yeah, combo. <laughs> and you know they're running out of they're running out of ammunition, and then that's when they get the the Chucky doll. So it's I mean again it's just a dumb little thing, but it's still hysterical. It made me laugh. Um, <laughs> Fun fact, I, I talked to uh, Don Mancini, the creator of Chucky, and about right after that scene happened. I sent him a message, and I was like, uh, I said, of course, that was like one of the funniest bits in the whole movie. He said, that was my favorite part. And I'm like, of course it is your favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, let's, not, let's not walk too far away from the fact that you just name dropped the fact that you can text the creator of Chucky. <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah. I've, I've talked cool. to Don a couple of times. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That's that awesome. awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm Facebook friends yeah. with a couple of actors who won't return my messages. So I mean, that's pretty cool too. <laughs> Does that make you a friend or a stalker? Well, <laughs> I guess in fairness, I've met them, so it, I'll I'll pretend to be at least okay. a friend. But the fact that How they you run into them, <laughs> uh, I'm, I well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not friends with Ashley Judd, but I have okay. – that's the joke Sam loves to bring up. I have physically <laughs> – I didn't assault her, but I did bump into her at that event. Yeah. Um, she's a she's a tiny little person. She's tiny. Um, didn't she just hurt her leg really bad? I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't because of me. Yeah, yeah, she broke her leg in Africa and had to travel like hours yeah, before they carried she could her get out her of the days double, even. Before yeah. she could get attention to it, Jesus. Yeah, that wasn't what my. Did you do? Uh, yeah, that wasn't me. That wasn't that wasn't because of me. <laughs> he followed her to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> An elephant that he. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That he sponsored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Actor. Uh, do you uh, do you guys have a five word review? I could give you two words. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Uh-oh. Do I need to get the... My uh, first word 
is. <laughs> eye candy. Oh, okay. this is eye yeah. candy for us older people. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How do I want to say the second point here? I'm trying to think of a concise, concise way. <laughs> Ocular overload. Load. Ocular. <laughs> yes. Ocular overload. And the reason why I say that is because there's so much stuff going on. You just can't catch on to it right away. And as you know, Andrew said, he watched the movie several times and he's still seeing new things. We've watched it several times and we're seeing new things. It's just so much for the eyes to comprehend what's going on. You get distracted of what's going over here, what's going over there. Um, so in some parts, it's hard to, to pay attention. It's like... Uh, uh, ADD on cocaine or something, speed or you know, stimulant. Oh man, can you imagine that ADD on cocaine? Oh wow, that's this movie. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's all over the place. All right, so I, I got a five word. I got right. 80s nostalgia takes over movie. That's true, and, and it really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'm right there with Andrew. This is definitely right there in my top 10 this is this movie is one of my go-to movies i picked this for for crying out loud and it, it was it's one of those movies that if i've got nothing else to watch i mean imagine that you know in this day of age where we got tons of streaming services where you can watch everything if i can't find anything to watch i'll put ready player one on because mm -hmm. it's just every time there's something new something fun but there there is a point where like sam mentioned where you kind of you don't really feel for the characters but uh, yeah. upon first viewing, I did, you know, but now yeah. it's just gotten, it, it got lost over the, you know, over time. And, you know, in, in, in my opinion, it's not just the feel for the characters. There's like a really flat character development. You don't see much character development out of any of the characters. And I feel like there is like a subliminal message that people need to get off of their cell phones and experience the real world sort of thing. So, um, you know, I walked away from the first time thinking that because, you know, at the end of the movie where they, they cut the Oasis down for a day for them to, you know, experience the real world. And I, I felt like that was kind of like a, a little ping of what's going on today in today's society where people are paying, you know, more attention to their, their electronics than going out and smelling the flowers, you know, going for and a walk. We're doing a podcast through a laptop right now. Yeah. <laughs> As we talk through Skype, you know. <laughs> but that's how I felt. That, yeah. You know, there, that was kind of hidden in there, like a hidden agenda sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think it's hidden. I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, literally at the end of the movie, he says, we shut it down on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I'm in the theater going, you can't turn off the Internet for two days. Like the world economy would shut down for two days. I don't, I understand the, 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 the movie, the movie portrays it as just a game that is just a place to have a game. But you know, in the book it's, it's commerce, you know, it's, yeah. it's learning. It's everything. I mean, it's, it's the Oasis has replaced the internet as the way to, yeah. I think to globally com communicate. I think that might be why I enjoy it as much as I do. I haven't read the book, so I don't have this, uh, you know, I don't have that to relate this to or compare it to. And so I, I just, I'm viewing the movie for what it is. Uh, and so I don't see that 
I don't see that side of it like you sure. guys do. Yeah, because to you, it's like playing World of Warcraft, right? If 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 or if um, Blizzard said there are too many people playing World of Warcraft, which they would never say, but if they said that, <laughs> they then they say you know we're going to shut it down on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It wouldn't end the world, you know, economy. You know, it would be right. it would be fine. The world would be fine, but um. But it just even in the in the stakes of the movie where I mean people are willing to kill for the opportunity to get the egg, it, it feels like it's it's such a a powerful tool and mechanism that it seems a, a little weird that he can turn it off two days a week. But anyway, that's it's it's a throwaway <laughs> line. I just pretend, I just turned the movie off before I, he gets that line. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing. When after he's got the egg, I just like okay, I'm good now. Yeah, like, I should have ended the movie right here. Once, once, <laughs> once his his gloves start glowing, for some reason, IOI decided <laughs> yep. to put light emitters in his hands. I know that's pretty. Yeah, cool. exactly. I see that what's his Nintendo Power Glove is so red. <laughs> yeah, it's so red. <laughs> <laughs> they should have put the power glove in there. That yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. That should have been his gloves. The power gloves. Yeah. I did. I did wonder this time as I watched this and uh, he was talking about his suit having the sensitive crotch or whatever that was. And yeah. I kind of made me chuckle. But I got to thinking, there's nothing other than the visor, you know, over your eyes. There's nothing on your face. So all these sensations that we experience as humans, you know, our lips and our cheeks and uh, there's nothing touching that your neck, any of that in this. Uh, well, that's, uh, you know. That's the one thing that the movie, I think, did kind of right, kind of, is that thing that he puts around his neck and that scans his face at the beginning. That's giving, that's showing how to project his face in the game. So, like, mm-hmm. like when he's talking to Nolan Sorrento, he says, oh, I see you're using emotion suppression software. That's a that's the direct line from the movie because, uh, or from the book, thank you, Sam, uh, because what the movie does portray in that moment is correct in that mm. he is kind of flipping out at what's happening, but he doesn't want to show it because the device can do that. Um, the only part about the tech, honestly, that annoyed me was that it, <laughs> that it made everyone seem like you had to physically interact with your personal environment. You know, like, you know, you got the kid that's like jumping over the couch and, and like if that was right. like if that was real, people would be like walking into traffic and falling out of the stacks and stuff. It, you know, the there's a again in the book. Well, you've uh, seen the videos of people like running into walls and oh, falling the VR in real life, right? yeah, yeah, I know. Yes, but with the Oculus devices, <laughs> right? But that's but the problem is is that they don't have to. Right, they don't. They're not having to do that. They don't have to walk around their space in their living room to experience that. You put on the visor, right. and you can use glove controls and just sit there. You don't have to have the, the suit thing that he describes in the intro, where he can run omnidirectional run and stuff like that. Like that's that's not required in the game, um, yeah. but it certainly does look funny on in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was a plot hole in the movie too, because you know you you they kind of alluded to the fact that you had to do that but there were pieces in the movie where you saw people just standing on the sidewalk not moving at all you know in in the oasis and they're like this is a huge plot hole so you've got 
where you have to actually interact with your environment in order to interact in the Oasis. And then they cut to a scene with people just standing there. They're like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, oh. there's been yeah. some critiques on that. Or like Sorrento's rig. Sorrento sat down in a chair. I mean, how did that work? I mean, I, you know, that wasn't never explained. They never show how Sorrento was sitting in in his rig, like the little, little, whatever ball controls looked like a hamster ball. I mean, yeah, she said it it was like a hamster ball. It was like Darth Vader's ball that had Darth Vader in it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's like, how did that work? And why I don't get the password bit. I know, like, I understand why they put it in the movie. But it it's boss man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my wife I rolled an so old loud. person using technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. I just what got me was the fact that they were showing VHS tapes. Now this was supposed to be <laughs> yeah, sixty-five years into the future, even further from VHS. Like, so who who in the right mind has a VCR because I don't see VCRs hardly anymore or beta. And we're still not that far into the future from the last use of VCR. So now they're showing this technology that's obsolete that they're, you know, utilizing the Oasis. And I'm like, this makes no sense because in 65 years, we can ask the kids about our technology and they're not going to know anything about, uh, you know, internet noise, for example, or, or any of our technology that we use at the time. Oh, good, uh, good old dollop. Did they, Gotta love it. But the <laughs> VHS that yeah. was just part of the movie though. I was I mean that was inside the Oasis though, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it still uh, made no sense to me. It makes sense it's in the context cool. of the game because these guys, you know, these gunters have, have are studying a dude who lived in the eighties and whatever. I, I, I kind of forgive that because it you know, he's playing an Atari, right? I mean right. and um I actually, you know, like one of the big changes that doesn't bother me at all is how he gets the extra life. Like he has to find a way to get the extra life. And the way he does it in the movie, frankly, yeah. is more visually appealing than watching him play Pac-Man, which is how he gets yeah, it in the book. Yeah, had to keep playing Pac-Man yeah. over and over. I think he had to beat level 256, right? Yeah, he had to, to, go, to, he had to yeah, go so far into it that he had to beat the broken right. levels um, yeah. uh, in... in yeah, um, I thought that was very clever. I did too. I liked it, and and I just I also like the fact that Simon Pegg is the voice of the of the thing. Right, the fellow that looks like Jeeves. <laughs> yeah, Jeeves. it's Ask Jeeves. I mean, he you're not wrong. He's basically uh, a nicer version of Clippy. Um, let me do my five word real quick before we we go much farther. Um, my five word was background stuff distracted me. Winnebago. <laughs> 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 yeah. Not right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Because I noticed it this time. I was like, "Hey, that's the Winnebago from Spaceballs," and oh, that's the yes. that's the <laughs> ship from uh, that's the ship from the um Cowboy Bebop, and that's the you know, there's I was doing the same thing. Um, yeah. And of course, <laughs> in the theater, I giggled. I was so happy when they showed uh, the Serenity. I was like, oh my gosh, this Serenity, it looks so great. And that one has guns on it, but that's okay. They would have to have guns, but that's fine. You know, like I thought it, I thought Serenity looked so so awesome. Um so a couple of things I also just in some of my notes as I'm gonna go down to is 
I love the Star Trek funeral at the beginning, uh, as in his uh, in his video. <laughs> oh yeah, that's... and you know I didn't pay attention to the full extent of that. So you know the first time I watched a movie, I'm you know you see the guy that you know just passed away, and then this time when I watched it, I noticed that he was in the coffin and he had like a banner and it was stained glass window. And I was like, yeah. like well, really decked out Star Trek. <laughs> it's not just the fact that he's in a coffin. If if you if you're really paying attention, he's in a torpedo. Uh, and that's how they, they, I'm using air quotes, bury Spock at the end of Star yes. Trek 2. Yes. And, and the reason why they did that very specifically is because in Star Trek 3, Spock's body is dead, but his mind is still alive. And that's the same mm-hmm. concept is that Holiday's body is dead, but his mind still exists in the Oasis. I thought that was actually a really cool kind of analogy. It's really eloquent. I think. And, you know, and then the coins on his eyes was the year that he was born. Mm -hmm. So each coin had the year that he was born on, on it. And then they put it over his eyes. So I was really eloquent as well. And that it took 25 cent to play his favorite game. I will have to admit that I think I, I failed as a father because I did let my oldest son, who's 11, watch this. (laughs) Uh, except for the shining part, uh, yeah. I, I didn't let him watch the shining part. Um, but when we got to the scene there at the funeral, he said, "What are those A's stand for?" <laughs> and I, am, I immediately hung my head and said, We've "For got shame, to watch Star Trek. <laughs> for shame." Um, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. He's probably he's into he's probably more into Star Wars, and I get that. He is, yeah. I get that. Yeah, Um, Yeah, my four year old nephew. We just went to his birthday party, and I had a Star Wars shirt on, and uh, he pointed at Darth Vader. He goes in his little four year old voice, "Darth Vader, my favorite character," and I was just floored. I'm like, (laughs) you know, Darth Vader is it. I'm over in the corner going, (laughs) "Yes, yes, yes." Yeah, my son was Darth Vader for for Halloween when he was five. Um, so I was I was Han, and my wife was Leia, and our <laughs> our then one year old. We couldn't think of anything. Baby Yoda didn't exist yet, so we we couldn't think of what to put her. So we went to Goodwill and we found this bright gold uh, sweatshirt and sweatpants, and so I drew on her the shape so she was. Uh, <laughs> She was C three PO. So Sarah Carey. I thought you were gonna say, you, you were gonna say that you found a little white trash can and just carried her around in a trash can. <laughs> no. A robe on her too. Yeah, that works too. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, we could have I mean I guess I could have put her like in a white and orange shirt and pretended she was like BB eight or something, but that would have been photo twenty two. Um I did. I did write one of my notes was why did she wear a helmet? Why does she need to wear a helmet uh, other than to hide her identity for a couple of minutes? I guess to have a reveal, but it's a video game. She doesn't need to wear a helmet. Yeah, but if we think about it, if you've played a racing game, the riders on those games normally have a helmet. Do they? <laughs> do do in people in Mario Kart they don't need them? Yeah. <laughs> Well, the the Mushroom Kingdom they don't need helmets. I mean, they, 
They're okay. just going to come right back because they got extra lives. I don't know. I've, not, I've not seen Akira, so I don't know if they wear helmets in that or not. I would assume that they do. But, I mean, you know, Leslie, you're from South Carolina. They don't wear helmets down there. So, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not at all. And I think we just lost like our lip. South Carolina listeners. Um, yeah. uh, it makes me think about Beach Week when I was 12. They had all the uh, the motorcycles down there at Myrtle Beach. That's when I learned the term dirty myrtle. Sure. Mm-hmm. Dirty myrtle. Yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. I went down there for senior week, and uh, I, from there, I decided never to go back. <laughs> to, to myrtle or just for senior week? To, to myrtle. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah. It used uh, to be different. In- <laughs> I, I did write a note. One of my notes was, back when we weren't sick of T.J. Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Let's talk yes. about IROC a little bit. <laughs> oh, IROC. He so, kind of reminded me of those World of Warcraft nerds, you know, that <laughs> when Warcraft first came out and they would all collect all this loot. You wouldn't see your friend for months because they, they played Warcraft nonstop. And his character reminded me of that, especially when he said, you know, I have 10 years worth of stuff in this suit. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't do that. Well, well when, yeah. when, when he died, it was an absolute avalanche of loot that, yeah. that popped everywhere. It was, yeah. it was just like ongoing of stuff. I think what brings that to, to reality is I think we've all had friends that literally have played games to the point that they've either flunked a class or like. Well. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, extremely sick from not eating or going to the bathroom. Well, let's see. Without using names, uh, I had a roommate who um, I won't say failed freshman year, but he 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 left freshman year because of Unreal Tournament. Um, (laughs) uh, We also have a good friend, a mutual friend of the three of us who lost a really good uh, relationship with a girl because of World of Warcraft. Uh, <laughs> she was a lovely person, and he ignored her for too long, and eventually she broke up with him. Um, but he, he, World of Warcraft to him was a business. He would rank them up. Wow. He would rank them up and get all this loot and then sell those characters to people for hundreds of dollars. It was a business. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually smart. My sister has a friend who, like, runs a, she used to run a WoW server. I think she had a few servers that she would run and that's what she did 24 seven. And I'm like, that's like too much for me. That's I why I refuse to play it. Cause I knew I could get sucked into it easily like that. So I I'm can't like, even play Mario that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember golden. I, I, yeah. oh. my downfall in college. Mario Kart 64. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we all have our Mario. games. I mean, gosh. Yeah. I, we played we played on the GameCube Brawl and our Melee. That was a game we played a lot. And oh yeah, Halo, Halo. Gosh, Halo yeah, we did yeah. Halo. We uh, we rented out. Sam was uh, I don't know, if Sam, you put this together or not, but we rented out uh, a couple of conference rooms at the student union and did Halo LAN parties <laughs> and put them on the projector. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. It was awesome. I, it, well, I, I was I was there, but I did not. So I couldn't yeah. remember if you put that together or not. Um, this is the first time that I noticed that his password was bossman 69. I, cause, cause he says it out loud, B zero S S, you know, M like I didn't, but when I saw it this time for some reason, and I, my wife rolled her eyes, which was pretty funny. 
I was always kind of annoyed by the fake out part where like he pretend like he takes off his he thinks he takes off his rig, but then it's like the like the real world. And I thought I didn't think right. the Oasis could look that real. That real, yeah. Well, and not only that, it was like they the only way they knew everything about it was by Wade saying that, you know, he knew kind of everything. There is no way you can remember that much of the real world to, to fake him out. I'm sorry. That that part did kind of annoy me back when I first I mean, watched it. I you have this, to have like a, what, what's that? Memory? Photographic yeah. memory. Didn't he have like uh, the, the what he, you call it, memory? The photographic uh, memory. Eidetic memory, I think is the phrase, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But like I thought in the book it's explained that he just recorded it. He recorded the conversation. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah just, and then look, but not, it, nothing like that in the movie. It was just he just remembered he just everything. He said, I remembered everything. I just, and then uh, I'm like, that's kind of, yeah, far fetched. I, I, <laughs> always, I always just assume that that's what he meant. I, I guess maybe there's a line there that he should have said. Do, do you? How much do you remember? I remember all of it because I recorded it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know. That would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah, but no, he just says, what do you remember? Uh, kind of everything. Yeah, you're not, yeah. It, it does. I remember yeah. that line as we were watching it. <laughs> It, it does kind of make it seem like he yep. yeah, programmed the whole thing from memory, which is fine. Um, the last few notes I wrote is, why does why, do, why can you see her face when she's a sixer? Um, that was always a little... I mean, I know, like, again, I know why, because we as the audience need to be able to know who she is, but... We need to emote. Yeah, but she wouldn't her. have her face. But that's fine. Whatever. No, because if she was in a sixer rig, it would have, like, made her an entire... Behind it, yeah, kind of lacking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. Again, we need to know who she is. I get it, but it's still kind of a thing. Uh, the last few things was, uh, why are the nerds shaming the redheaded girl? I, I didn't like that either. That kind of felt uncool in twenty close to home. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, since I got the four of you, you know, nerd shaming me earlier today. Um, it just seemed mean like they were just being mean to her obviously it's not adventure even though this guy made it an hour into the game and none of the other people made it a minute so clearly you're wrong girl go play with your Barbie dolls and make me a sandwich like like, that's what it came across as yeah that's what it came across. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, would I say something like that? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> he told me to get into the kitchen and make him a sandwich. Yeah, and then I immediately got punched in the arm. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Only yeah. You only ever say that as a joke, um, knowing that you're gonna get physically hit afterwards. But um, yeah. <laughs> or I would say and just take off running upstairs. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not scared of you, and then he takes off running. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, the, it on I'm, the phone. I'm the man in the house when you're not around. Exactly. There's a song to that effect. There is, yeah. yeah. I, I wear the pants of the family when I wash them. Uh, <laughs> uh, yep, that's how the song goes. <laughs> uh, that's kind of it. That's all my notes. You guys have any other notes you want to hit before I do clips? Yeah, you know, like, he... For example, he uses like the holy hand grenade of Antioch. You know, anybody that loves Monty Python knows what the holy hand grenade is, but he does mm-hmm. does not count three <laughs> before he throws it. Nope. Yeah, see, they 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 missed an opportunity there for sure. I think so. What I found fascinating is that so you've got this orb of Ostavox that they use, 
Or as TJ Miller says, the orb of Ostavox. <laughs> and <laughs> there's two issues about the orb. So one of the issues is that when she's in um when in Nolan's rig, she finds a receipt for the orb. Well, he never bought the orb. He got it from IROC. So, you know, it's a blatant error. So when you see that, you're like, no, that didn't happen because, you know, we just watched him obtain the orb from IROC. And then the second thing is that the spell, and I never knew this, but the spell that they utilized to turn it it off is used in the movie Excalibur. Mm -hmm. It's the exact Uh same thing Excalibur. And I haven't seen that movie in decades. Now I need to go back and watch it. I love that movie. Right. I think you just dated yourself. Be quiet. <laughs> didn't ask you. A lady never tells her name. Uh, we watched that in senior English class. And I immediately fell in love with Carmina Verona, not knowing what it was. And then I felt like an idiot going to ask our, our uh, band director what that song was. And he said, really? You don't know what this is? No. <laughs> You're like yes, oh, yes, I know. I, I was, just wanted to see if you knew. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask was she, was she uh, an foreign exchange student in your class? But yeah, but, <laughs> I guess the joke doesn't quite work. Yeah, the orb is just kind of a thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I had actually I had never thought about that, but you're right. He doesn't actually purchase it. But maybe she just Googled it. Maybe she just she finds the artifact and she's just doing a Google search. You know, like oh, it's like a blatant. Here, here's an artifact. This is how you control it. Like anyone could find the instructions on how to, to Google it. You know what I'm saying? A level 99 artifact, yeah, highly yeah. unlikely. I know. I know. <laughs> Gosh. He's reaching. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't want to just be like the guy that's poo pooing the whole movie the whole time. I just, there's some stuff that I do like about the movie and it's a lot of fun. I don't, like, there's some things that they changed I don't care about because they needed to. Like the Iron Giant's not in it in the book. But they couldn't get the rights to the one that was in in the book. And frankly, most American audiences don't know who Ultraman is. So it made yeah. sense that it made sense that it was the Iron Giant. Uh, the only part that did kind of annoy me was that H was driving the Iron Giant like that was her avatar. And I thought, OK, why can't the Iron Giant just be like a robot that she controls, but as her normal right. self, you know, like. Like it's mm-hmm. a, ro- you know what I'm saying? I, I thought that was a little whatever, but like Sprinto with Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, exactly. Either she she's in like a pilot seat, or he's just there with her, and he just right. follows her, like the Iron Giant does to the boy in the movie. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a lot of well, not a, I won't say a lot, but there's a few surprises that I really enjoyed, like the fun, the the fact that we find out H is a, a woman. And then uh, we find out also that uh, show is a little kid. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> when he says ninjas don't hug, ninjas like, don't hug. That's that kind of really made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing the movie the, That's a very little kid line. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ninjas yeah. Don't hug. yeah. The, very the, little kid line. The movie also is a, is lighter in tone overall because Daito dies in the book. He is murdered. Mm-hmm. He is, mm-hmm. he is yep. literally murdered in real life. Uh, the IOI people find him and murder him. And uh, there's uh, life well, could in the... it be? Could it be? I mean, maybe that's, again, we talk about stakes and we talk about, you know, something being on the line. Was there ever, did it ever feel like there was anything on the line? 
in the movie. No, but or was the plot armor so thick that they were going to get out of anything they got into? Uh, yes, but this isn't the kind of movie where we need Wash to die. So shit. Sorry, spoilers. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this why, isn't that. Why kind do of... you have to bring up? Brian? Why don't bring it up that Wash dies? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the saddest thing in Serenity, and you had to bring it up. I know. Yes, <laughs> but you know, I I don't I'm, really, I don't think, uh, especially knowing that these are all basically kids, right? I don't think we need mm-hmm. to Hunger Games this thing too much. Um, you think the actor was? Uh, you think the actor playing Wade was too old? No, I didn't have a problem with him. I thought he was fine. I thought the girl was fine. I thought they were the, the acting. I thought was fine. I had no problem with any of the casting at all. I think Ben Mendelsohn is great as a bad guy, and he needs to be the bad guy in everything. <laughs> I just, I, uh, you you are now just bad guy for everything. Well, okay. I mean, you know, for like Captain. for like the early '90s or for all through the '90s, Gary Oldman was a bad guy until they cast him in Harry Potter, which is oh, yeah. why they cast him in Harry Potter because in the third movie, it's a fake out that he's the bad guy. You think he's the bad guy, which is why they cast him. And all of a sudden, yeah. he's not. And so it's, oh, that's kind of cool. He can be someone not the bad guy. So if, <laughs> if Ben Mendelsohn is in your movie, you know he's going to kill somebody. You just know he is. Well, not in Captain Marvel. Uh, that's true. And again, I think that's why they cast him in that. I think that's a fake out. I think they cast him no, in that. that was yeah, but they also was... had him, what, in green face? I mean, he, he yeah, was that's like, true. you couldn't tell really that was him. Yeah. Well, he was in his... He was in regular face. He was because uh, he he appears as Fury's boss, and yeah. we see him regular. Yeah, and then and then you get like little flash of green or whatever to like let the audience know that he is a a krill scroll 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 the warrior king. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> with, the, with the glaive, yeah, <laughs> which was cool. That was a neat little reference. No, but back to what you were saying about you know the 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 death. I think that, you know, as American people, and you know, they've, they've talked about this psychologically, that we're prone to love children and we love, uh, we want to protect children. You know, it was even seen during uh, the Vietnam War, how we were so trusting uh, where they would strap bombs to the, you know, the kids and they would walk out to the Americans and, and you know, kill people in essence. And I think that any time that you see a death of a child on screen is really scarred to most American people and I feel like maybe it would have been a conscious choice to keep the movie lighthearted and not put that in there to to have a broader audience that was dark well that's the truth. <laughs> no, and, and you're, you're probably right I'm just saying I think again if you want to tell a better, better story you've got to make the stakes feel real and the book does that and and the movie doesn't but well, again, but again know, the talked about all Go ahead. I was going to say, but again, Andrew's 11-year-old son's not reading that book, but he is watching the movie, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. Watching the movie. Yeah. And it goes back to, yeah. you know, making money. And so what they do is they throw all these, you know, pop culture references, you know, at the movie to to keep it moving. Now, you know, I felt like the pacing of the movie was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It, di- it didn't seem sluggish in parts. It moved right along like it was supposed to. You know, the action scenes were full of action. Um, but what I thought was sad was that the character development seemed kind of flat in instances where I would like to have seen a character arc that there were none, you know, yep. Sorrento, there was nothing, you know, granted he was a bad guy, but 
You didn't see development there. Yeah, give uh, us the some only depth to his his reasoning right. behind what he's doing. Mm. I don't know. I personally don't care if the bad guy's two dimensional. I really don't. <laughs> using using a word <laughs> phrase two dimensional in a three D environment. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't care about that honestly. The only characters, the only two people I care about who for development is Artemis and Parzival. Because at the beginning of the movie, Parzival is like, if I win, I'm going to buy some cool shit. Now, he says that <laughs> and because his life sucks. His life is garbage, and he wants to get out of that life. And you can relate to that. But then when he gets kidnapped and kind of forced into the quote-unquote cause, I, I'm kind of with you a little bit, Sam. There's not development. He was developed. He was forced to make a choice uh, mm-hmm. by Weird Tattoo Face Man. So... <laughs> who looked into the camera. I didn't like that. He looked straight into the camera. It was so uncomfortable. I was literally, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was uncomfortable. He's he's chloroforming the hero of the movie and staring into the camera. It was really uncomfortable, but maybe <laughs> it was supposed to. Yeah, breaking the fourth wall? Yeah. I guess maybe it was supposed to. I don't know. I don't like it. I really don't. He was peering into my soul with that tattoo on his face. Jeez. And this movie once again proves also that tattoos on your face is a bad idea because that's how they that's how they found you. So just forget exactly, you know, yeah, yeah. For, thanks to the bad tattoo guy, they they lost the rebellion. Exactly. Good forget, job, tattoo. Forget getting a vaccine to have a tracker in the vaccine. It, it trackers your face tattoos. Just don't get a face tattoo. Exactly. That's all we're saying. Yeah. See if he didn't have that, they would be all right. They would be all right. Face. Oh God! Say that again. I'm sorry. The internet pooped out <laughs> on me. What about those ladies that tattoo the makeups on their face? You know, like their tattooed eyebrows, the I, eyeliner. Well, well, when we were talking pre-show about where we were from, and when I was working uh, on the TV show in Charleston, we, we had a girl on. She was a we call a featured extra. She had no lines, but she was on more than just an extra, and she interacted with the um, the main actors. And she was a model. That was her job, her f- profession, and she had tattooed the uh, the liner around her lips so that when she put <laughs> lipstick on it would really kind of pop that she had that yeah. tattooed on her on her lips <laughs> wow. make sure she can color in the lines i guess pretty right? much um <laughs> using the right color yeah yeah i cannot tell the story of how they got her on the show on this podcast but <laughs> oh. uh, i will okay, set- stop oh, no. recording yeah, when we stop recording, I'll tell you if you want to hear it. And if anyone's listening wants to hear it, I, I'll, I'll DM you. But I'm not putting that out onto the ether and how they – I shouldn't have even teased it. I apologize. Um, I'm going to play some clips. How's that? Does that sound fun? Yes, it does. All right. Yeah. Let's do this. Some long-forgotten gunter cracked the first clue and found the first challenge. Then this portal appeared. But the challenge to win the first key was a race designed by Halliday that was so hard no one had ever finished it. Yeah, see, it's just kind of annoying. <laughs> but that's okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yes, 80% of the field. I forgot what this meant. 80%. Oh, yeah, 80%. Yeah, so uh, this clip basically reminds me of, like, Facebook, right? So this is basically Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, talking to his uh, his staff. We estimate we can sell up to 80% of an individual's visual field before inducing seizures. So picture this. <laughs> yep. Before inducing yeah. seizures. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was the best thing because I remember hearing that theaters. I'm like, wait, what? Did he just say inducing seizures? Oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like how it's, and the, the line is before, right? Like, yeah. I, and again, it's just the movie showing us that not only is he a bad guy and he's willing to kill you to to get the thing, but he's also willing to <laughs> injure his customers. It's just it's, yeah. mm. and, so, and this is the and this is a disturbing thing. So for them to get that statistic, you know, they had to <laughs> test it. Yeah. So yeah. I cannot imagine the test audience. Well, or you know that's it was probably those people in those uh, loyalty centers, right? It would have to be, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, this is the only line that I got of T.J. Miller. I didn't want a whole bunch of him because <laughs> I'm kind of tired of him. But this was uh, this line did kind of make me laugh. That's what I like about you, Nolan. You never lick. You bite straight to the chocolatey center of the Tootsie Pop. <laughs> Remember that old. Commercial with the owl. I rock. <laughs> it kind of made me the other part where TJ Miller like was a little close to being inappropriate is like he said, I'm all over it like hose on Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, my uh, 11 year old didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> because, the part because, that he said he hated three things, you know, and then he talked about the, the steampunk pirates. <laughs> I do. Like, yeah. There's three things I hate in this world. Steampunk, pirates, and tabbouleh. I mean, come on. What is that stuff? <laughs> it is a funny TJ actually funny. But, you know, I never realized his name was I Rock. As in, I am cool. You know, I rock. Yeah. I, I never put two and two together until I watched it this time. And I looked at Chris. I'm like, really? Why didn't I get this? I Rock. Because I rock. I think, it's like, I think we've all seen gamer tags of people that were like, really, that's your name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, Andrew and Sam and I, we, we play video games a couple, three times a week. And every night, we'll get killed by somebody and go, really? Your name is Fart Castle? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's your gamer tag? Okay. So, I don't know. I work with a guy. His name is uh, Kyle Bland, and his his tag is that Bland guy. I'm like, really, dude? Yes. Yeah, he popped on our our, our, our switch. switch as that Bland guy. I'm like, who is that? That's actually not bad. I kind of like that. I don't know. That's that's not bad. I mean, <laughs> that Bland guy. That's actually funny. I mean, there's there's a little bit of cleverness to it, even it's part of his name. But I mean, I mean, yeah. the, the stuff mm. we see is, I mean, it's just downright gross. We've seen some that Mark are. Castle. That are uh, I don't I made that up, but there are some that are actually offensive enough that we've we've reported them because it's like, really that's that's your name you know so anyway, um, time for oh yeah so I, I teased earlier in the I think Christine your middle name about the music I I could not tell you I could not hum for you one bar of music from this movie I can't yeah. but yep. I know this part I just bought this. Yes, yes. So Chris and I, we went back and we listened to the score. That's what we do. We do with our podcast. We made some notes. And uh, Chris made some notes about the score to discuss with y'all. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, Yeah. normally uh, normally it's John Williams who does all of Spielberg's movies, except for like The Color Purple, Bridge of Spies, and... John Williams was supposed to come on for this one, but he was busy with uh, another Spielberg movie, The Post. And he had a, like, a bunch of, because John Williams is like, basically semi-retired. And they both sat down and said Alan Silvestri would be a better choice for this movie because Silvestri did Back to the Future. 
So mm-hmm. for that scene in particular, Spielberg went to Sylvester and said, I want something, you know, like Back to the Future. And Sylvester said, oh, okay, so you want something like these? No, 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 no. I want the exact cue. When you see the DeLorean <laughs> Back to the Future, I want that exact cue right in there. Sylvester's like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was Heck great. Yeah. Cause- then you had a nerdy moment when you heard that. You're like, ah, I know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it's such a yeah. small part. It's like three right. notes from the horn, and then it's the little piano you know, jingle that you get. And it's just enough that yeah. if you know what that is, then you're then you it you're you're good. Yeah, I actually have that uh, little tinkle as uh, that's what it's called, or I think that's what it's called. Um, as my text tone when someone texts me. Oh, that's nice. awesome! That is yeah. so awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Chris and I, our second episode, we covered Back to the Future and uh, covered that score. And, uh, you know, I was afraid, you know, if you've listened to the episode, you know that Chris makes fun of me because I can quote every single line in that movie. And he gets so <laughs> frustrated <laughs> and, with me. And it just happens automatically. I don't even think about it. It starts coming out. Uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> it starts coming out of my mouth. And I was so afraid because when we, when we listen to the score and then watch the movie from the score's perspective, our opinions about the movie changes. It could be one of our favorite movies. And then when we start listening to it this way, we're like, yeah, that wasn't so good. <laughs> Well, and then, you know, with Sylvester coming on board as the, the composer, you would think there would be a more, more prominent theme throughout the entire thing. But to me, just going back and listening to it, it sounds just like he just remixed Back to the Future over and over and over. Yeah, yeah there's, yeah. you know, well, to some of that. The, yeah, the, the other big part is that there's so much licensed music in the movie. You know, mm-hmm. you're getting you're getting Joan Jett, you're getting um, uh, Van Halen, and uh, yeah. and, and there's oh, some yeah. nostalgia and and that and you know audio nostalgia that goes along with the visual. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Shining. Here we go. I've never seen The Shining. Is it really scary? And I wanted to say, no, it's not. <laughs> but I mean, he, he he asked the eleven-year-old who says I had to watch it through my fingers. I'm like well, he's eleven, yeah, it's gonna be a little scary because Dad's trying to kill you. Like that's kind of scary to an eleven-year-old. But uh-huh. uh, but then when Dad gets bested by the eleven-year-old, you're like, well, Dad kind of sucked. So <laughs> well, he was he was crazy by that point. I know he was yeah. crazy. <laughs> Finger kid, finger kid kills you. Yeah. What's his buddy's Dan. name? Oh, it was a. Uh, God, I don't I remember. I can't remember the name of Danny's buddy. We just talked through his finger. We just watched it last no year. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> apparently they were practicing social distancing in 2018. Uh, here's a line that we have heard many times in the last year. Lay those charges every six feet. Stay six feet apart. <laughs> Tony is the name of the finger. That's there we go. Tony. Tony. Uh, the last clip I had to I had to get this one because well I had to. King Chucky. There you go. 
They weaponized him. He really did. <laughs> weaponized him. Weaponized him. The weapon chugging. of Oh wow! I also that, like when she when funny. it is kind of you know like if H says here and like doesn't give him any kind of warning, and so he's like having to fight with it while driving, and then Artemis yeah. punches it in the face, uh, yeah. and then she's like throw it out there, and so he throws it, and then of course that guy then screams. King Chucky. There you go. <laughs> Did you see like a whole red circle light yeah. up where all these yeah. people are dying in yeah. the Iowa arena? <laughs> That was a cool way to kind of show you what was happening in real life. You know, like she uses that blaster to takes out a bunch, you know, or uh, I, I thought that was actually kind of cool seeing it, like all of the suits go red. And then when they had the cataclysm effect happen, right. you know, the entire place goes red. I thought that was kind of, kind of neat. You're, uh, I was, I was hoping you would grab the, uh, the clip of Parcival and H in, uh, in their conversation about room 237. <laughs> we ain't got any business going in room 237. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that is a good line. You're not wrong. I, I will there's say... An Easter egg. Oh, there's an Easter egg? Yeah, so so room 237, you know, is the movie in the show. Well, when he got the cue uh, from, you know, where he, he went to the library and they were playing back the scene to try to figure out what was going on. If you looked at Halliday's computer, it was the schematic for room 237. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you are literally reading trivia off my uh, my script, by the way. I just want to let you know. I've, <laughs> oh, really? You've read half of my trivia, which is great. I did oh. my research. Yeah. You won't let me read your script anymore. I, you have access to it. You're the one that kept changing my script. <laughs> well, in all fairness, it just... Got the word Jurassic Park thrown in there a few times. That's, yeah. that's all he changed. Time for. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, that was it. Time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? Well, the advantage of having Leslie read most of the trivia is that I don't have to read it all now. So uh, let's see. You've already said that one, and you said that one. So I'll say this one. Besides the obvious Bigfoot, DeLorean, and Akira vehicles, other notables in the race were the Mach 5, Batmobile, A-Team van, the V-8 Interceptor, Christine, the Pork Chop Express from Big Trouble in Little China, and the Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit, and the RV from Spaceballs. Yeah, I have that written down, too. Did you notice that the DeLorean, and I just noticed it this last time I watched it, that the DeLorean had the, the yeah. lights from Kit, yeah. from Knight Rider? Yep. I yep. didn't catch that until this one. This I I don't know I, how uh, I feel about that. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Are you allowed to do I that? I wish they would have put Kit in there because Kit was such yeah. an amazing car anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I wish they would have combined the two. Yeah. Um, but I noticed this go around that, that the DeLorean had Instead of out of time, if you know, if you ever watched the movie, you know it says out of time on the license plate. Mm-hmm. This time it said Percival. Well, like, it's, it's his. It's his name. It's Parzival. It's it's. He's, Parzival, excuse me, not it, Percival. Yeah, it's Percival. Yeah. It's it, oh Sam, stop messing with my script. <laughs> I see you in there. I'll change the password. I'll change the password. You again. shouldn't. You shouldn't have reminded him that he had access. Yeah, you always have access. Um, uh, let's see. The spaceship that Daito, uh, Daito, it's his name, Daito, flies in. The last battle, of course, is from Serenity, a Firefly-class freighter from the beloved short-lived TV show Firefly and its film Serenity, period. 
I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read that, Sam. Um, uh, this was kind of a neat little bit of trivia. Uh, the high five is what the the five that uh, are on the high score to, to refer to. Uh, when they hack into Sorrento's immersion pod uh, at the Oasis place, uh, they're when they're they're real when they look like they're real people, their eyes give an amber glow. This is a reference to a lighting effect used to de- defend. Oh my gosh. Differentiate. Why can't I say that word? To make different, so you can tell that they're different. Gracious, between humans and the replicants in Blade Runner. Gosh, why can't I say that word? Oh, Andrew hey, can't say procreate, that. and I can't say differentiate. Jeez. Gosh. I noticed that in the scene in which, um, oh, what's his face, uh, comes out of his little Darth Vader ball, and they're standing there. He thinks he's in real time and he's not. And the fellow is standing there and he's got amber looking eyes. I noticed that. And I'm like, what is that too? I, I yeah. couldn't place it, but now yeah, that was driving that, me nuts. Yeah. I noticed it this last time we watched the movie. My words are not here tonight. I'm sorry. No, that's for everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, that's it. That's all the trivia I had. Again, you read half of it. So that's great. Uh, well, I have extra trivia. <laughs> you have extra trivia? Oh, get going. Well, there is <laughs> actually, I have a big one extra thing, and that is the belt that Parzival is wearing is the same style of Han Solo's belt. Sure. If you hadn't noticed, he's got a Thundercat emblem on it. I'm sorry, uh-huh. Chris. <laughs> I keep having to jump on <laughs> He's got a Thundercat emblem on it, but the style is Han Solo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot of those uh, those little moments in there, uh, like a little bit of little trivias throughout. And again, there was so much trivia in IMDb. I just didn't have time or the energy or desire to read all of it. So I, I got bored. Like I, I did. Yeah, I just I picked out what I thought was mildly interesting. For what it's worth, also, uh, Sam, you mentioned you put Spielberg's name on this, and this make it's a billion dollar uh, project. Uh, this movie made. This was a $175 million movie to make, and it made worldwide almost $600 million. So $600 million is nothing to, 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 you know, to laugh at, but it's, you know, not a, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot but it, it feels like it could have been more, like it should have been more for, for what I felt like the hype was for this movie. But then again, I had never heard of Ready Player One until Sam was like, you have to watch this movie. There's a movie coming out. You need to read the book. So Sam forced me to read the book, uh, which I'm pretty sure his um, his controller died. That's why he's not saying things right now. So I'm going to do <laughs> this, and we'll wait for him to catch back up. Excuse me while I whip this out. All right, time for <laughs> time for top three. Uh, this movie gives us a, a, a kind of an 80s nostalgia kind of feel to it, and that's what we did. We've done movies that 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 uh, are set in the 80s, and I think we've even done movies that uh, feel like the 80s, like the movie just feels like it's the 80s. This one is just straight-up 80s nostalgia, movies that you watch that just kind of you know give you that nostalgia feeling for the 80s, if that makes sense. Uh, Sam, since you're back, I'll let you go first. Sure. Um, I've got uh, my number three. Um, I'm going to put Princess Bride sure, on yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Um, brings me back to to childhood. My number 
two will be never ending story. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh uh, my. Right. And my number one would be the uh, the last the later two Star Wars movies that came out. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Um, okay. Uh, Leslie, if you have them. <laughs> Let's pull them out of my mind here. That's fine. Number three for me would be Flight of the Navigator. Nice. Oh, yeah. We used to watch yeah. On the Disney time. Channel all the time. Mm-hmm. We used to watch that mm-hmm. all of the time. Yeah. I love that movie. Brother uh, calling them home two. with the fireworks on the, the roof. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. And you know that was Paul Rubens that talked as the, the uh, oh, alien. That's, that's the worst kept secret in, in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. 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 So number two would be the Goonies for me. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's very nostalgic. I, I, Did you save some for me? I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Chris>. <laughs> Just say ditto. You, you watched that's all movies than I did. And I, think <laughs> my number one movie, which uh, not everybody agrees with, is Clash of the Titans. Oh yeah, that's, it's um, Harryhausen. I guess My you, you, you can text Tim too, right? <laughs> Where did Meredith yeah. listen to that movie? I'm not going to live that one down, am I? <laughs> Jeez. But yes, I love Clash of the Titans, and it's very nostalgic for me. Um, I used to watch that just all the time. I love Claymation. Yeah, that stop motion stuff was great. He, um, So he helped out his buddy Harryhausen, helped out his buddy Danny Elfman, not Danny Elfman, Sam Raimi, and in the Army of Darkness, the third movie in the um, Evil Dead uh, trilogy. Uh, now, he, I he didn't did, know that was Harryhausen that did that. I thought it was. I thought it, uh, he... he oh God, Sam, what are you doing? <laughs> Get out of my script. You're killing me. Jeez. Just don't like delete it. Don't Just don't delete anything. I'm not deleting anything. I'm add to the, 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 the conversation. It's just adding random pictures. <laughs> this is driving me crazy. <laughs> I'm going to have to change the password again. Uh, I thought that's... I could be way wrong. I thought I read that, or maybe... I, I thought I, I, I watched the... I watched the director's commentary for that movie, because I love that movie. Um... I don't know. Anyway, I could be way wrong. If someone's listening and knows better, feel free to to correct me. Uh, Chris? Okay. Uh, my number three would be Critters. Gotta, <laughs> I got to go with Critters. I've never <laughs> so, seen it, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> never seen it. Well, I, it was a fun movie. I liked it. Uh, number number two has got to be Back to the Future. I, I, oh, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going with uh, the, the. I got to go with the first one for the '80s nostalgia, just because. I mean, it it is. It screams everything. I mean, it's an '80s kid that goes back in time. So, and don't and we they all have... still want his truck? Yes, right? it's a Toyota. <laughs> we talked about this. Oh yeah, that Toyota was so cool. It was the reason I. That's the reason I own a, a charcoal gray Toyota. One of the reasons why I bought a Tacoma. Also, I mean, not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. See, I have a Camry, so I don't have a truck. <laughs> but it's still a Toyota. And then the first one I was going to go with would be the Goonies, but she took it. So. You know, <laughs> yeah. Everybody likes Goonies. Yeah, exactly. 
Goonies never die. Goonies never die. All right, I'll go next because uh, Andrew always has way better lists than us. So I'm, I've been altering my list as you guys go, so I'm not sharing some of the same oh, ones. Oh, great. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm an advantage of going next to last. Uh, <laughs> my number three is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Uh-huh. I, yep. I, I love that movie. And also partially filmed in North Carolina. I always have to say that whenever I get a, a North Carolina reference. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Number two is Top Gun. Surprised no one said Top Gun. Yeah, that's a good one. I almost said Top Gun. Yeah. And then my number one, I love this movie unabashedly. And if we ever review it for the podcast, it's going to get like a 9.9 out of, out of 10 for me because I don't care. And that's The Last Starfighter. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was pretty good. I love that movie that so was much. And it I was going to say Iron Eagle. Iron, well, yeah, no. <laughs> Iron Eagle would be great for this podcast, honestly. That that'd be a lot of fun. The the Top Gun ripoff, but yeah. <laughs> what you got, Andrew? Well, before I go, I just want to uh, to tell you if you get a chance, go to the IMDb page for this, and I always like to look at the photos um, of of the film. And if you start at about one twenty two, there are uh, alternate. Uh, versions of the film poster and it's all these nostalgic 80s movie posters that have integrated parsifal into them in some form or fashion so 122 starts with the iron giant um and then you you go through you've got the goonies and uh the matrix and back to the future and team wolf and you know breakfast club beetlejuice all these different things it's pretty cool so go check that out uh, on your own time so my uh this is our time right now you can do it your own no, time no, no, no. This, is, this is not our time. Um, <laughs> so i didn't understand the assignment so i did a slightly uh different variation of my top three tonight and what i did is i chose movies that are are present day films that have 80s nostalgia to them um so I have an honorable mention of Stranger Things because it's not a movie, um, but uh, it certainly makes you think of the 80s. Um, number three, I have uh, The Wedding Singer. Number two, I have uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. And then at number one, I have Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's cool. Uh, you, I, you probably did. Yeah. You're probably more true to the... Uh, the intent of the top three category that I came up with than, than, uh, or no, you came up with this one, uh, then, uh, awesome. Uh, okay. Well, as Sam continues to distract me, I'm going to play this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Uh, this is the part where we're going to give the score out of Tim and Sam sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You better type it. You better keep typing. Come on, where is the typing? He's literally, he's writing down in my script everything that I'm saying. So, but for some reason he stopped it. Oh, there it is. Sam, uh, apparently he wrote Sam Stucks instead of Sam Sucks. (laughs) This is amazing. He has time to do this. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Andrew, you go first out of 10. The uh, IMDb group, whoever the those people are <laughs> gives this uh i think it was a 
four. I don't remember exactly what it was. Somewhere in there. Um, I'm going to give this a 9.6. Wow. Jeez. Gosh, 9.6. I've I got to scroll a long way before I get back to a 9 for you. 9.2 was uh, Knives Out was the last time you gave something a 9. Yeah. yeah that was a good That was uh, uh, last. And as good as Knives Out was. Last uh, July. I want to watch this one before I watch that one again. Oh. I'm still looking at pictures. I didn't even see this. There's There's He-Man. There's a gremlin. <laughs> still looking at the pictures. Well, he right? Had a He-Man I mean, I gotta go. I gotta go oh, watch yeah. this again. Well, I mean, <laughs> even uh, like even the box that the orb of Osterbox or whatever it is came in. That's the box yeah, that gremlin. the the gremlin came in. Yeah, uh, Gizmo. Right. Came in. Yeah. Gizmo. So, because my spreadsheet only has space for one guest, so you guys are gonna have to give me a score that I'm gonna combine to put in this space. So, like the average. Of- so should we like infer away from the microphone? No, no. Just tell back? me whatever your score is, and I'll I'll just average it. I, you know, I I personally would give it a seven. Okay. I would give it eight point five. Okay. Really? Yeah. I'm going with an eight point five. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. That gives it a seven point seven five. So I'm good with that. Yeah, oh, yeah that'll work. Seven and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> Of, uh, Sam. All right. Um, Are you still I, typing? Just because it's Spielberg, it's already yeah. uh, way up there on my list. I do think there's some problems. Um, again, it's a little ADHD for my liking, but it does have that replayability, which is uh, something fun to uh, to always check out. So I'm going to give it a good uh, 7.18 out of 10. Okay. Decent. Decent movie. Yeah. I won't search it out, but... Your number. Oh, we, okay. we we have <laughs> to do decimal points because after 340 movies, if we keep it at, at even numbers, we're going to have a whole lot of movies with the same number. So that way, uh, okay. that way we can kind of differentiate between, well, this movie right now is parked at 8.17, which is just a little bit better than, than our episode of Willow, which is at a 8.12, you know? So we, oh, uh, that. we have to do that. Um, but I didn't like this movie more than Willow, so I'm going to purposely sabotage it so that the number is a little bit lower than Willow. Uh, no, this is a fine movie. I, I like it. Here's the interesting thing. Not one of us. This is, I, I, think this is a, I think this is a credit to Spielberg and the movie itself. Not one of us complained that it was almost a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie. Right. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel along. like it. It didn't feel it like two-and-a-half. Never felt like it. Yeah. It was... Action sequences, it just kept the pacing. Yeah, it just yeah. moved along nicely. Yeah, because I was uh, so I we've we've made a decision. I think that for our episode three fifty, we're gonna do Army of the Dead, and I was warned that it's a really long movie. And when I looked it up, it's two, oh, yeah. it's two twenty. It's the same. It's the same length as this movie. Um, but I've been told that it feels way longer. It feels like a two. Yeah, it feels like a two. Oh, you've yeah, already it really seen does. it. Oh. Yeah, I've already seen it. Okay. I've already seen it too. I obviously haven't. Uh, anyway, my, I haven't given this movie a score yet. I like this movie. I think it's fine, and I'm just going to give it a seven. I think it's fine. I think it's uh, it's not great. It's not bad. There's some things that I would have I would have liked to have changed. Uh, honestly, my biggest issue really is the first key is find a way 
to make the first key exciting yet accessible for everyone. Or, or me, I don't know, maybe you still do the race, but it's not part of the key. Maybe he has to do the race to get enough credits to do. I don't know. There's, there's a way to do it. I don't know what it is. Obviously I'm not smart enough like uh, Spielberg, but anyway, uh, I did miss an opportunity here. I'm going to do this real quick because we're getting a little late here. And that is, uh, we did have some people on the Twitter offer up their kind of nostalgia movies. Uh, Sudden but Inevitable says Bloodsport and Highlander. Ooh, those are good. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. I love Highlander. Uh, Rosie, uh, who's also a big fan of the Cheap Seat, or the, sorry, of the Sudden but Inevitable uh, show, she just tagged me with the Karate Kid Goonies, Good Morning Vietnam, Dead Poets Society, Uncle Buck, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Ghostbusters, everything wow. by John Hughes. <laughs> And then she literally <laughs> sent me a list of the 25 greatest movies of the 80s. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, All of them. Yes. Thank you, Rosie, for that. That's great. You can follow her at, at Rosalita. In a nutshell. Yeah, at Rosalita9899 on Twitter. Go do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sudden also did. Oh, he said, yeah, Highlander. He said that one. Let's see. Maxton, good, a friend of us and of the show. Maxton says, Airplane and Blues Brothers. Uh, Self shoots from the hip podcast says the last dragon predator aliens and the terminator last dragon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have that handy. I have that handy. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all that for that. The last little thing that I do is what I do. The quote game. The quote game is simply ET phone home. This is a game where we let the listeners <laughs> Here a quote You're not from allowed my... to say the name of the movie in the quote. Well, I'm just reading the... I just read the quote from the big poster that I have, okay? okay? I, I can't... breaking their own rules. Uh, it's the poster's fault. I'm just going to blame the poster. For that. <laughs> it's the poster's fault. Uh, next week, what are we doing? We are doing something very unique. Next week, we are doing... We're going to be joined by guest Stephen Honeycutt, and we're doing something called Thunder Road. He picked it. Once again, this is the guy that brought you the fuzz and other weird movies. Uh, Velocipaster. Uh, <laughs> Velocipaster. Yeah. Oh, wait, I think I know Thunder Road. I think I know that. I'm, I'll have to watch it again to, to make sure it's, I know it, but I'm pretty sure I do. It's on Amazon Prime. So that's what we're doing next week. Yeah. In the meantime, Chris, Leslie, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Please tell people how they can find you. Uh, you can find us on pretty much any podcast platform, Spotify, Apple. Just type in Measuring the Score. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Twitter, we're at Measure the Score. You can send us an email, measuringthescore at gmail.com. Uh, YouTube, pretty much <laughs> pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts is where you can find us. And social media, too. Just type in Measuring the Score podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Give them a chat. Give them a give them a listen. I have done. I have listened to all of their episodes. Uh, they are all very entertaining, and we should um, we should all patronize them and then give them money so that he can pay the exorbitant <laughs> amount of fees that he can has to send to ASCAP so that we can listen to actual clips from the movie. <laughs> I, I think that's a really good idea, personally. They don't um, have to sing in his that, beautiful singing voice. Yes, well, because I'm pretty sure my listeners are <laughs> not liking it too much. 
Or you can just do like we do and play clips anyway and just hope you don't get sued. So there's that. Um, and also something he didn't say, and I'll tease it. I'm going to be on an episode of theirs in season two, I think. Right? Yes. That's a thing. Yes. You'll be doing joining us for, for the Sherlock Holmes episode. I'm so I'm excited. I'm so sorry. Sherlock Holmes. What are you sorry for? We apologize for that. Oh, Sherlock. well, I just Sherlock? want to make sure that they know that we are... We are with them, and we are uh, we understand their pain. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, oh, we're excited to have them on. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. In the meantime, what you can do if you're listening to our show, um, uh, if you're listening to our show regularly, you know how to find our information. If you are listening uh, from Measuring the Score podcast, please feel free to go to cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com. There it has all of the links to all of our social media stuff. It's got all of the 300-plus other episodes we have. Go back and listen to some other ones. Go find the one where um, somebody on the cast falls asleep, and it's not always Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> there is an episode where Chad falls asleep, so you got to go a long way back. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you're listening and you don't know who Chad is, go back and listen to the first hundred episodes. There you will meet Chad. In the meantime, <laughs> uh, apparently we have a new uh, Twitter handle that I need to pimp out here. So at Cheap Seatcast is our Twitter handle. And at Jurassic Park is awesome, apparently, is a new uh, Twitter handle that I'm supposed to say as well. That's pretty interesting. I didn't know that was a thing, but uh, that's fine. Uh, and. <laughs> He's crying. <laughs> oh no, this is great. The only way I could make it just the, I, I need to end the show, and I'm going to end the show. But like, if I started going back and rereading the stuff Sam has typed, then would he would have to like retype everything again? I just copy paste. Uh, copy paste. But I would change it just enough that would I would allow you to work through that. All right, no one else is listening to this show anymore. They've all given up. That's the show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for Thunder Road. Cheap Seat Reviews.